joining us this morning. If you would stand, we'll continue with our song service. John chapter 10, verse number 7 says, Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever come before me are thieves and robbers, but sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. Aren't you glad that he came this morning? Jared, would you open us in a word of prayer, please?
church stand once again. We'll sing hymn number 422, Thou didst leave thy throne. Would you pray for us, please? Amen. Thank you. You may be seated.
Again, we'll sing hymn number 426, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day.
Well, amen. It's good to be in the Lord's house today and to have you with us. felt like I was preaching clear back there in the Baptist church. I don't like that. I like to be right down front here. Yeah. If you would, take your Bibles, turn to Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. Good to be in the Lord's house and to be together. Uh, it's an exciting time of the year. Uh, so much going on. Uh, if you've been here much, you know that this isn't the way we normally uh, set the platform up. All right, I had some uh, people, uh, in particularly uh, Jim Stanford, wanted to you know, take an opportunity to lay here on the bed and sleep. And some of you sleep anyhow, maybe you do want to come on up and, and take a nap. But anyhow, uh, I'll try to be lively, try to keep you awake, and I really don't think you want to be laying up here in front of everybody anyhow, because I'd then poke it in there, it'd go out, and you'd be on the ground before you knew what happened. But anyhow, this for the play at 1 o'clock today, if you don't have anything going on, uh, the best actors in all the world, our children, will be performing Peanut Butter Christmas. I don't know how many times I've seen it, but I always love it, because you never get the same thing twice, because... <laughs> You've involved children in it, amen? And so I'd encourage you to stick around. Uh, it'll lighten your heart and uh, just be a real blessing. I would remind you also that next Sunday is Christmas. Guys, if you haven't got that gift, now's the time to do it. But uh, next Sunday, we will have church. 10.30, we will have one service that day. Uh, follow it up if you don't have family get-togethers going on. Uh, we will be having lunch here at the church. Uh, we just need to know who's coming. There's a sign-up sheet on the back, and uh, if you want to put down, you know, we'll bring some sides and sign up, then we have an idea of how much food we're going to need. And we'll just have family time together, okay? So we'll have a 1030 service. It'll probably go about an hour uh, like we normally do, and then we'll have lunch together, and then, you know, you're free for the afternoon. But 
uh, we just want you to know we love you, and uh, we're family, right? Uh, I love my family, and I'm thankful for them. I've got a brother that lives in Olathe, and I may see him once a year. Um, but I get to see you guys all the time, and I love you, and I can't think of a better way to spend Christmas than having lunch with you, so if you can be here, that'd be awesome. All right, so we've been on the theme of light, and today our theme is Be the Light. And uh, so I want to start by reading to you John chapter 1 and verse number 4. It says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In Matthew chapter 5, I invite your attention to verse number uh, 13. Ye are the salt, (coughs) excuse me, ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt hath lost his savior, wherewith shall it be salted? Is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. (coughs) And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let's pray. Lord, we love you today and thank you for our time together. I pray to God that you would meet with us and the Holy Spirit would have power and freedom to move in our lives and our hearts that your will might be done there. (coughs) Lord, I'm battling this cold and it can be very distracting. I'd ask that you would uh, calm down whatever's making me cough and take that aside and Lord, that you would just speak through me today. I just want to be a vessel. I have uh, those things that you've helped me to study this week that I'd like to share with these, your folks, and I just ask that you would intervene there. I pray that you would be honored and glorified through this service, Lord, that we might bring honor and glory to your holy name. We're so thankful for this time of year that we stopped to celebrate the birth of the Christ child and We're so thankful that Jesus was willing to leave the wonders of heaven to come to this earth and then to die for our sins and to rise again, to go to heaven, to be with you. We're looking forward to that day that he comes to take his children home and then come back and set up his millennial reign. And after that, we'll have a time in heaven for all of eternity. Lord, we just thank you for it. We pray that you'd be honored and glorified through the preaching of your word here today. If there be any here that don't know you as their Lord and Savior, we pray that today would be that day they'd come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. Thank you for your goodness and your love. We ask these things in your blessed, most holy name. Amen. All right, so we're thinking about Christmas truly shows God's heart, and we are to be a light. That's interesting in this portion of Scripture here in Matthew uh, chapter 5 that we talk about salt and light. And these are things that we as Christians are supposed to represent. We're supposed to represent salt. I, I like salt, okay? Um, so I've gone on a, a weight loss program over the last several months and lost a lot of weight. And um, the last time I did that, I was in the doctor's office and uh, I was filling out, you know, all those forms that are the same form, just written five different ways. I've, I've told them, I said, why don't you guys catch up with the world and put this in electronic format and you could just, we could answer it once and not have to fill that out, you know, six, seven times. And so he's going through the forms, he's looking them over and uh, it said on the, the form said, 
uh, list something that you miss. And I put French fries. And he's reading through the form, he starts laughing, he goes, I've never had anyone put French fries down. I said, well, you've never had a French fry addict, because I love French fries. I just love French fries, and I love lots of salt on my French fries. I just love them that way. Just, I mean, so anyhow, salt is important. It helps us with savor. <laughs> well, it is, and French fries are too. Uh, but salt's preached about in the Bible. French fries aren't. So, but anyhow, uh, salt is important. It's important uh, when you have a, a good piece of meat. I like to put salt on a good piece of meat and eat it. And uh, it's good on mashed potatoes and french fries, all those kind of things. Salt is important. And then uh, the light of the world, which we're going to preach about here today. Um, and they, they liken, both of these are likened into our testimonies and how we ought to add seasoning and savor to the world around us. And we ought to add light and clarity to those in darkness. Problem is that too many Christians today do not want to be the light of the world. They don't want to stand out. They don't want to be different. They want to get along. They want to hold their salvation in check. They don't want anyone to know that they're Christian, that they're a child of God. They just want to get through life without making any ripples, without attracting any attention to themselves. And yet we're sternly reminded in verse number 14 that ye are the light of the world. Ye are the light of the world. Okay, if you're here today and you're a child of God, then I want you to say this with me. I am a light to the world. Okay? I am a light to the world. One more time. I am a light to the world. The world needs to know about Jesus and the way that they will know about Jesus if we who are the light will shine that light forth that they might see Jesus. One of my good friends, John Gill, wrote this in one of his books. He said, what the luminaries, the sun and the moon, are in the heavens with respect to corporal light, that the apostles were in the world with regard to spiritual light, carrying carrying and spreading the light of the gospel, not only in Judea, but all over the world, which was in great darkness of ignorance and error. And through a divine blessing attended their ministry, many were turned from the darkness of Judaism and Gentilism, of sin and infidelity, to the marvelous light of divine grace. I thought that was really well worded. And then I thought, but the light didn't stop with the apostles and with the early Christians. The light is still necessary today. And so as important as the moon and the stars are to this world in which we live in the sun and how we need them to be able to have light to be able to see, so we, as children of God, ought to be to the world around us. That they need our spiritual light. We are in darkness. It's everywhere. Spiritual darkness runs rampant. And they're doing all that they can to stomp it out. They don't want the light to shine. But we, as children of God, we possess the light and we are commanded to share the light with the world in which we live. Now here in this portion of scripture, we're given three likenesses, if you would, to how we go about sharing that light. The first one's found in verse number 14. And we read, Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. 
A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. You know, some of these statements are like, duh, statements. A city on a hill can't be hid. And we go, duh, you know, that's common sense. I uh, go around the community here and I like to pass out tracts and tell people, invite people to church. And so a lot of times I'll hand out a tract and people go, now where is that church at? I said, well, we're on the hill up behind Earl May. And people go, oh, yeah, I know where that church is. I, I know where that is. But you'd be surprised how many people I give a tract and I give them that direction and I go, I didn't know there was a church up there. And I'm like, you need to look up more. You need to look up, look up, look up. Can you imagine if we took Shawnee proper? Now, when my wife and I came to Shawnee to take the church here uh, back 30-whatever years ago, um, Shawnee proper was 35,000 people. Can you imagine if we had a real hill and we took all of Shawnee proper and we set it on top of that hill? The impact it would make, people would be able to see it for miles. They go, oh yeah, that town up there on top of the hill. They may not know the name of it, but they go, oh yeah, that, that, hill, that hill there has that town up on top of it. Uh, in the night, it would be very evident because the lights would be on and, and people would look and they go, oh yeah, look at those lights. That's that, that's that city hid on top of a hill. And my wife and I had the wonderful opportunity to minister for a while out in liberal Kansas. That's like nowhere. Well, nowhere's right next door to it, okay? I mean, it's really. When you, get to, when you talk about liberal Kansas, you're close to Oklahoma and Colorado. I mean, you're like down in the corner, okay? And we were actually literally four miles from Oklahoma and maybe 20 from Colorado. It was right down there in the corner. Now, when we were in liberal Kansas, um, they would talk about going to town. Now, we both grew up kind of here in the Kansas City area. We talk about going to town. It's like, yeah, go to Overland Park, go to Kansas City. If we need, you know, something, we, we can get it, get it. That's why I love living here, by the way. I love living here. Uh, but when you're in liberal Kansas and you talk about going to town, you're talking about a three-and-a-half-hour trip. And you're either going to Wichita or you're going to Amarillo, okay? It's one of those two. You, I mean, you're not... You're not going to do a 15-minute jaunt, you know, from Shawnee and end up over in Overland Park or end up in Kansas City, Kansas. It just doesn't happen. So it's a three-and-a-half-hour jaunt. So one evening, we're making a trip to Amarillo, and we've got some friends with us. We're cruising down the highway, and they go, oh, you see those lights? That's Amarillo. And I'm like, oh, man, well, we're, we're close then, right? we only got a few miles to go. And they go, no, that's 35 miles away. I'm like, what? And they go, well, it's flat down here, brother. That's 35 miles away. And it was. But the impact of the light of a city, even in flat land, made a great impact. And so a city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. And for the child of God, we would say, a child of God who loves the Lord Jesus Christ, who allows the Lord Jesus Christ to live through him, to make him a spiritual light, he can't be hid. He's like a city on a hill. He can't be hid. Everybody's going to see him, and everybody's going to know. Even if they don't hear him talk, they're going to know something's different. 
I've observed the way he walks. I've observed the way he talks. I've observed the way he lives. There's something different about this guy. It's amazing. You don't have to preach a sermon everywhere you go to be a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. All you have to do is let your light shine. Let your light shine. Or the second thing we notice here is a candle. Verse 15 says, Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. I'll be honest with you. Every time I read this verse, I can't help but think about as a little boy growing up singing, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Come on, join me. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine. Won't let Satan it out. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine. And wouldn't it be great? That's a, that's a great little kid's song, isn't it? Wouldn't it be great if we really meant it? Wouldn't it be great if we really meant it? You know, preacher, I really mean it. I just, you know, I, I, I have Jesus as my Savior, but I, you know, I don't want people to think I'm a fanatic. I don't want people to think I'm weird. But isn't it kind of crazy how we are with, like, sports teams? My Kansas Jayhawks whipped Indiana yesterday, and I was so proud of them boys. <laughs> they, they put it on them. I'm like, rock chalk, baby, let's go. I have no problem identifying with Jayhawk basketball. Football has been real iffy the last several years, but I have no problem identifying with that. And yet... How many times I, I'm in a situation, I think, I just tone that Christian thing down just a little bit. The truth of the matter is we shouldn't. We need to let our light shine. And notice he says here, we're not only a candle, but he says they don't hide it under a bushel. Instead, they put the candle on a candlestick so that the light might shine even brighter in the room where it is fixed. And so we need to let our light shine, Christian. Here we are at the greatest time of the year to share Jesus. If it's not Christmas, it's Easter. They're so compatible. Both times of the year, we as children of God, we ought to be saying, you know the real reason we're celebrating Christmas is not so I can go out and spend all this money and buy all these presents and give them to people and they're going to break and not care and all those kind of things. It's not so that I can impress the unimpressible and all those type of things. The real reason for the season is that Jesus Christ came and came to this earth and was born and he died for our sins on the cross and he rose again victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And I'm a child of God. I'm going to let my light shine. And I want others to know about Jesus. Let our light be on a candlestick so it'll give light unto the whole house. Bible says, as I read in John 1, 4, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Then he died on the cross for our sins and Satan thought that he had won. Satan thought he'd put the light out. 
Satan thought when Jesus' broken body was taken off of the cross and placed inside the tomb, he thought, I've won, I'm victorious. Yet we know that it was only the beginning of the real fight, and Jesus came forth three days later, possessing the keys to the gates of hell, and has been the victor ever since. We need to let the light of Jesus shine today. And then finally, we have a command to shine. Verse number 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So again, the command, let your light so shine before men. We are to let our light shine for a couple of reasons here in this verse. First of all, we are to let our light shine that our good works might be seen. Our good works. He said, preacher, I thought that Christianity didn't hinge upon good works, and you're right. It doesn't. But a byproduct of being a Christian ought to be that we do good works to those around us. I want to ask a really hard question. I want you to think about it for a minute. What do your neighbors think of you? What are, what are those people across the street? What about, what about your coworkers? What do they think about you? Oh, man, he's just a hard nose. He's hard to get along with. He's never happy. He's never joyful. You know, they, they just act like they're snoods and snods, and, and I, I just, we just can't tolerate them. Well, you're failing. Because the world ought to see Jesus through our good works. Not everything's worth a fight. I was reading a book, several, I read lots of books. I read a book uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, the premise of this one area of the book that I was reading is that not every hill is worth dying on. Not every little issue needs to be something that you make a mountain out of, okay? There's some times that we have to say, for the betterment of my testimony, for the betterment that I might be able to impact these around me, maybe I just bite the bullet on this, I just suck it up. I had to show forth the joy of Christ. I had to continue to be a good witness. There's sometimes that things have to be done. But if you can at all live peacefully with all men, we ought to seek to do that. We ought to be and have good works in our life. And then the second part of that verse says, that the Father might be glorified. Isn't that our goal, to glorify our Heavenly Father? We come together and, you know, we have the choir lead us in the, the warm-up uh, singing, and then we have uh, someone come and read scripture, and then we sing some congregationals, and the choir sings, and we have specials, and we take an offering, and then the preacher gets up. You know, all of that is about worshiping and glorifying our Father. Even the offering. You think it's just so we can get money to keep the lights on. But actually, it's, it's that he might be glorified through all that we do. Through our giving, through our singing, through our attendance, that all that we do might bring honor and glory to him. I would just like to challenge you to live your life every day that it might glorify the Father. Get up in the morning and say, God, would you help me today to glorify you? That when people see me, that you would give me wisdom beyond myself to interact with issues and problems and people, and that I might glorify you in all that I do? 
you know, people notice when you do. And as we do that, we're letting our light shine to those around us. So, I don't know what your Sundays are like coming to church, but I just want to give you a peek into the preacher's life, okay? So, about 11 years ago to the day, I had come to church uh, back then before my wife had cancer. I would come to church about 6.15-ish in the morning. I'd try to get all plugged in and get all prepared and, and try to concentrate on my sermon that morning and everything. And I get a phone call from my wife probably about 7.10. And she goes, I think they've killed her. I think they've killed her. I'm like, killed who? Who killed what? She goes, Ruby, I think, I think they've killed her. And so <laughs> Ruby is our oldest dachshund, okay? I used to preach about children, but my children are all gone, so now I have to preach about the preacher's dogs, okay? <laughs> I think they've killed her. Killed who? Ruby. I'll be right there. So I get home, and she's, uh, I, I had a 22 Luger, um, but you had to know how to rack it, and it wasn't racked. <laughs> Thank goodness, or she'd been out there shooting up the neighborhood. <laughs> I'm telling you, you don't want to mess with this woman, okay? You can mess with a lot of women. You don't mess with that woman. So um, we, at the time, we were living out here um, towards, uh, it was kind of real country uh, out over here. I'm trying to think of the cross streets over there. What, what are 83rd and Clare. Thank you. We lived out 83rd and Clare, and there was a wooded area behind our house. We had Ruby, and then I had another dog named Rodeo. And so she had let the dogs out, and coyotes came up and grabbed Ruby and took her and went into the woods with her. Now, Rodeo was a Catahoula, about a 65-pound Catahoula, the prettiest dog you ever saw, had blue eyes, just beautiful, white and black markings. But Rodeo ran back to the house, and Cindy had been inside, and she's like, what's up? And she steps out, and she starts, she had noticed the coyotes do that, and Rodeo turned around and belted into the woods after the coyotes. A little while later, she comes leading Ruby out of the woods, and she was all tore up. We had to take her and get her all stitched up. This dog should have died so many times, it's not even funny. <sighs> So we'll speed it up, okay? 11 years, almost to the day. We go out this morning. We kind of lounged in bed, maybe just a little too long, but we're, we're getting around, we're getting up. Cindy goes to the door, she sets Ruby out, and then uh, she has her new dog. Uh, we, we keep it back with the washer and dryer because it whines. And we want to sleep, and so she goes back there, she gets the new dog, she comes out, she can't find Ruby anywhere. And she's like, Kevin! And so then I have to get dressed. Go out, it's what, 10 degrees? Feels like it's negative 5? By the way, if it's that cold, it ought to snow. And I hear that we might get 2 inches, so let's just pray for 2 foot, okay? <clears throat> so here we are. We're out looking for Ruby. Now, a few weeks ago, she was in the middle of the road, and a guy was kind enough to stop and not run over her. Uh, about a week ago... Uh, she was looking for, and Ruby was across the street in the neighbor's garage at uh, 10 o'clock at night, and we had to go to that neighbor and say, hey, we need to get our dog out of your garage, and da, da, da. So she's looking around. I go on one side of the house. She goes on the other, and she hollers, there she is. 
And so I come around into the backyard. Behind our house, we have a 16-acre lake. Now, before you think that we're rich and all that kind of stuff, we bought our house as a repossession. I've probably paid less for my house than many of you have paid for your house. So we got a well of a deal on our house. But it has a 16-acre lake behind it. And it has a ton of geese. This is time of year, them geese land in there. And as I get up in the morning and exercise, I like watching these geese take off and fly. It's just really entertaining. and helps me get my exercise through without, you know, it, thinking about exercising, thinking about those geese. <clears throat> so I said, where is she? And she goes, out there. And she was on the ice, on the lake. So he's out there. I hope nothing's fallen from the sky. I'm telling you the truth, Lord. Cindy's out there crying. She's out there. She's out there. And she's out there. She's out there just wandering around the ice, just wandering around. And we're calling her, Ruby, Ruby, Ruby. She's just wandering around, just wandering around and around and around. So I'm thinking... Uh, my neighbor's a lot younger. He's got a teenage boy. I'm going to go get him. And so I run around to the front of the house. Well, I didn't run. <laughs> I didn't want you to get, you know, real excited. Oh, our preacher can run. No. <laughs> so I hurried around to the front of their house, and, I, and the, their young boy, Kyler, answered the door. I said, Kyler, I need your help. I said, our dog's out on the lake. I said, could you come help me? And so he comes, his dad comes, and his sister comes. And so, I mean, this is about a 45-minute deal. So Kyler and his dad, they go out around the lake, cross over an eight-foot fence, get on around over on the side. And we're, we're all hollering, Ruby, Ruby. But the problem was that the geese were making more noise. <laughs> and did I explain that Ruby is deaf and blind? And she's wandering around out on the ice, just wandering around. And we're all like, Ruby, Ruby, and Cindy's crying. And, and you know, I, I finally get in my vehicle. She's about out to the furthest point. I think I'll get in my vehicle, I'll drive around, and I'll come in from the backside. And I tried that. It was a mess. So I got back in my car and come back around. Anyhow, after all this big ordeal, Kyler put his hands like this. I have a megaphone. Ruby! And Ruby responded. Came off the ice. And now you know the rest of the story. (laughs) Now let's draw it to where we're at. Because there is an application. It's a funny story. Because she lived. Ha 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 ha. She lived. Anyhow, here we go. Go with me. You know we have friends wandering around on the ice today. We're worried about that stupid little dog getting too close to the geese because there was water still there. I talked to my neighbor. He's got boats. I said, maybe you could take your little boats and paddle out there. He goes, if I do, I'll break all the ice and she'll go down. So it started out with one or two hollering for Ruby's attention, ended up with five of us calling for Ruby's attention. Finally, she heard, 
It was a 45-minute ordeal. We didn't give up the first time we called. We called over and over and over and over, almost to the point of exasperation where I'm like, just blown away. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Ruby, come, come. And finally, someone was able to get her attention. You know, there's men and women in the world today that are maybe our relatives, maybe our neighbors, and they're waiting for someone to say, Hey, Bob, 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 hey, Tom, Tom, Judy, Judy, Alice, come here, come here. I want to tell you about the the greatest gift ever given. I want to tell you about Jesus now. He'll forgive you of your sins and heaven can be your eternal home. Some will fall. They'll be gone. I'm telling you, here at Christmas time, it's our responsibility to take the light and to share. How often do I share? We just keep sharing, sharing, sharing. There may come a time where they say, I don't want to hear that anymore. Then quit Quit sharing and share it with someone else. Maybe incorporate others to share with you. Hey, would you come? Would you help pray for my neighbor? Would you help me? I know they're a friend of yours. Maybe you influence them, I influence them. We can win them to the Lord. Would you help me reach this one? Then when you get one, you go back and you get another. And another and another. Why? Because that's what we as children of God are to do. We're to let our light shine that people might come to Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for your goodness and your love to us. Thank you for this time today, we pray. You would use the invitation as you would see fit for your honor and for your glory. We love you. We ask these things in your blessed and most holy name. Amen. Would you stand with me? Have a moment of invitation. If God's spoken to your heart, we'd encourage you to come. The altar's open here. I'm here. If you... Want to know about Jesus and how you can be saved? I encourage you to come. Let me share with you about Jesus, how you can know that you're saved. Whatever your need, would you come today? Brother Foster leads us. Then we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word. All the glory He sheds on our
just a few announcements. Today is the last day for the Gilson Christmas offering that we're receiving. The gold box out there uh, is for that. And so if you have gift cards or you want to leave them a check or just cash, I've seen people put cash in there. You can just do that. They'll take that home with them this afternoon. Uh, Christmas patch program is this afternoon at 1. Peanut butter Christmas. It'll be great. Encourage you to stay. Please be praying for Chuck and Crystal. It's just about church time out there. I visited with him last night, and, uh, you know, he met with the two different groups. Uh, the group that invited him out there seems like a real positive thing. Doesn't know about the second church. There's just some issues right there. Just pray that God will give them clarity. Um, pray that Brother Chuck will, you know, know exactly what God wants them to do, and uh, then that the Lord's will be done there. Teen Christmas party Wednesday night uh, during the Wednesday night service. Christmas Eve at 5.30, okay? <clears throat> so I encourage you to be here Christmas Eve for the 5.30 service and then uh, the Christmas morning service at 10.30. And then Brother Chuck's ordination will be January 6th at uh, 7 o'clock here at church. You want to put that down, plan to be here also. Good to have some of our college kids home. I like this kid a lot. Tall, handsome, kind of, kind of reminds me of him, you know. <laughs> I can see it. Uh, but uh, really appreciate Brother Branson. He, when, uh, so when he goes back, he'll have one semester and he'll be done. One semester. And then he's getting married in May. June, what's, uh, yeah, okay, June 2nd. Really close. Yeah, it's almost May. It's really close. Uh, and so then he's going to learn that he's never right again. And uh, he'll walk around going, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. But uh, and they're going to they're gonna settle here, and so that's exciting. And so you'd be praying for them, pray for him as they finish the school down there. And I love you, I want to know if you'll close this one. Pray.